Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. According to statistics, anywhere from 60 to 80% of Americans will take some sort of vacation this summer. Now, whether that be just a simple road trip or an all-out resort vacation. And I'm not sure why summer is the most popular time of the year. However, I can speculate because it's probably because kids are out of school and, you know, there's more time to do some things like that. But either way, summer is synonymous with vacation. So I posted a question on my Facebook earlier this week asking, what are your favorite summer vacation places? And there were quite a few responses, and I'm just going to highlight a few of them. You know, one said Riadosa or Dallas. Many, many said the mountains. California. Again, somewhere in the mountains. Camping in the mountains or a water park somewhere. By the pool, it doesn't matter where. On a cruise ship. Florida. Hawaii, I want to go with you on vacation in the summer. Branson. Now, if you were to ask Jeanette or myself where we like to go on our favorite summer vacation spot, I can guarantee you'd get one of two responses. It would either be specifically Red River or the mountains. While Satan is baking us here in Texas, we like to get away to where it's cool and where it rains and where the temperatures are beautiful and the trees smell just so good. And we're even crazy enough that if we have just enough time, if we've had enough of the heat, that we will jump in the car on Friday after Jeanette gets off work, drive to Red River, spend a whole eight hours there, and drive back on Saturday just so we can be here for church. We're that crazy. We're those people. It may not seem worth it to some, but to us, it is. In fact, as many of you know, Ken has been enjoying the mountains for more than a month now. He's living our dream if and when the Lord ever lets us retire, if he ever releases us from this particular assignment, which is still a long ways off, just for the record. I know I just had a birthday, but I'm only 40, so don't put me in retirement yet. But we would love to spend our summers in the mountains. It would be a dream. But regardless of your favorite destination, there's at least some planning involved. For our household... That usually means sitting down together and deciding where we're going and what everyone wants to do. Now, complete openness here. I used to drive Jeanette crazy on vacations, on this one. Because if you know my wife well, you know that she is a planner. She likes to have every detail planned out. So much so that when we got married, vacation was planned down to almost the minute. Okay, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but it was very planned. I might have needed a vacation from vacation. She's not one that just likes to sit still. And I would drive her absolutely bonkers because my idea of vacation, like, oh yeah, let's go to Six Flags one day, that'd be cool. Well, what else are we doing? I'm good hanging out at the hotel, maybe go swim. You know, just doing my own thing. I like to relax on vacation. That's why I take her to the mountains now, because she has no choice but to relax. 
But I, she loved to play in vacation. Whereas I was like, oh, like, eh, I'm good. But when I think of vacation, and yes, we do some fun things, but that relaxation is there. But I know there are others that, out there that are more like my wife. And you're planned out to the max, getting the most of your money and your time. You might be one of those that enlists the help of a travel agent or a travel guide. You tell them where you want to go and some things you want to do, and they plan it all out and save you tons of money in the process, hopefully. But like with anything, we will, you will find some honest ones, and you will find some sketchy ones. For the next two weeks, we're going to embark on a series called Travel Guide, and we're going to take a look at some summer travel things. Maybe not necessarily summer, but I thought it was clever, so I went with it. But did you know that we are essentially on a vacation? We're on a little side trip. You didn't know? Well, numerous scriptures throughout the Bible talk about this world not being our home. In 1 Chronicles, we see David praying a prayer, and he makes this statement in 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 15. It says, For we are strangers before you and sojourners. That means you're here for just a temporary stay. As all our fathers were, our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. You see, this world is not our final destination. At some point, we will go to an eternal home. And depending on what travel guide you use, you will end up in one of two places. You'll either end up in heaven or you'll end up in hell. Now, I realize this is not something that people in today's world like to talk about. Some would much rather believe that everyone goes to heaven or we just cease to exist. That there's nothing beyond this life. But that is not the case. You will end up at one of these two places. Hell, a place of eternal torment and punishment. Or heaven, a place of eternal reward. Now, I don't know many people, or I don't know many people, those of which I believe that both of these places are real, that want to end up spending eternity in hell. Reality is, though, it depends on what travel guide you decide to trust. So in John chapter 10, we are given a little insight into the travel industry. We see two guides at work. John chapter 10, in verse number 10, it says this. He says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And then the verse continues on. It says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, I know that you are all smart people, and you can probably figure out by now the two travel agents that are at work here. But just in case, let's break it down for just a minute. First of all, you have the thief, and then you have I, in which case is Jesus, who is the one speaking in this passage. And so for just a few moments this morning, we're going to be the Better Business Bureau and review these two agents. Because I don't know about you, but I will hardly buy or do anything without reading and doing my research and reading those reviews. So let's take a look at some reviews this morning. 
First one we're going to look at is the thief. You may also know him as the devil, Beelzebub, the tempter, the evil one, the enemy, the father of lies, the adversary, deceiver, accuser. He's got all sorts of names. He has quite a network built up to get you to his perfect travel destination. As the ruler of this world, talking about the present age, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19, the second part of that verse tells us that the world lies in the power of the evil one. He knows exactly who or what to influence to get you on the path of his choosing. He's got the GPS calibrated for a one-way trip. And he's pretty crafty at it. One of the many things that he can do is to influence, is to influence the culture. Take a look around. Turn on the news. Read the news, however you get your source of news. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see the evil that is around us. This week I was actually astonished by something I read. Did you ever think that you would see a biological male win a beauty pageant? If you didn't know that happened, it did this week. A biological male won Miss Netherlands and will now get to compete in the Miss Universe pageant. Now, guys, don't take this the wrong way, but none of y'all are pretty enough to win a beauty pageant. Just saying. But this happened this week. In a social media post about the event, this man said that just won a beauty pageant. Whoever you are in the world, I want to be there for you and be the example that I missed as a little me. These are the folks that are influencing our culture. There are other things that work in our culture as well. We just finished, you know, what was dubbed Pride Month. And our culture celebrates this. It is celebrated and accepted as natural. Our culture today celebrates when people climb to the top of the ladder. Even when they lie, cheat, steal to get there. Our culture celebrates some party favors that are provided by our lovely travel agent this morning. In Galatians chapter 5, we see these party favors. Chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Oh, according to the flesh, the worldly view, these things are fun and exciting and the mark of a good life. And the thief is like Oprah, just giving it out one by one. You get this and you get this and you get this. If you're willing to use him as your travel guide. This travel agent is good at his job. 
He can get you to his destination in some other crafty ways as well. Did you know that religion is one of the many tools he uses? In our passage of scripture from the book of John, if you go back to chapter 7, you'll find that this was taking place during the Feast of Tabernacles, a religious tradition for the people of Israel to celebrate the time in which they were wandering in the wilderness and spent their life living in tents. And the religious leaders, the Pharisees, and the chief priests were all in attendance. And Jesus showed up to the party, and they were oblivious that he was even the Messiah. All they were concerned about was the fact that he was disrupting what they were doing. That he was disrupting their status quo. He wasn't following their traditions. That's not the way we do things around here. That's not the translation we read from. That's not the song we sing. We don't pray that way. The thief can get you so locked into religion that you forget the real purpose. You start going through the motions, the rituals, and it just becomes a part, another thing of what you do during the week on a certain day. And he'll let you learn all you want. He's not afraid of your intellect. He can just divert you to a life of religious tradition. Yet there are still more avenues to his perfect destination. See, broad is the way to his destination. He'll put people in your path to disrupt and discourage. They'll gossip about you. They'll pull you in all the right places. People will even come along and say, hey, buddy, let's go do this. And that temptation comes. Bitterness likes to get thrown in to the mix as well. Someone said the wrong thing at the wrong time and you'll just hold on to it to the grave. You'll let it eat you inside from the inside out. It will cause you to get angry when you think about that something or that someone. Which is close friends with our thing called unforgiveness. You see, there's no way you're going to forgive them. They said this about me and there's no way. They may be mad and they don't even know it and I'm going to hold on to it forever. Never again will they get to be my friend. Or speak into my life. I can't even go to church with them. I'm going to stay on the north side while they're on the south side. Forget center assembly here. That ain't happening. This travel agent's good about getting you to that place. Never again will they have an opportunity to hurt me. He will even use your own faults to his advantage. Guilt and shame are a common steering mechanism for the thief. If he can get you to focus on these, he can get you down the path to his preferred destination. If he can make you think that you aren't good enough, that you aren't talented enough, that you aren't worthy, that no one could love you, that you could never accomplish anything. So you might as well enjoy the things of this world. 
He'll do this. If he can get you down that road, this agent will use all of these things and more to get you to the place that he wants and the only place that he can provide. This destination is full of fire and not the good kind. The Bible tells us that is a place of darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a place of punishment. It's a place of torment that will never end. What a destination. But you see, we have another agent, another guide that we can choose from. You see, our second guide is another you may have heard of. He's the one that said, I have come. And his name is Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, first and last. Jehovah, Yahweh. And his reviews are off the charts. Let me just tell you. He's been around since before time began. He knows his way around this vacation we call life. For he himself has been on this trip, having willingly left heaven to come down to earth. He knows all the best outings, all the best excursions. In fact, the scriptures leave review after review of his work. Isaiah 58 and verse 11 says, And the Lord will guide you continually. And satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. Isaiah, in that same passage of scripture, in the message, it says it this way. He says, I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. In Luke chapter 1, in Zechariah's prophecy towards his son, John the Baptist, he includes this little nod toward who was to come after John. In Luke chapter 1, verse 79, it says, To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Going back to the Old Testament in Psalm chapter 32, verse number 8, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. His word is the ultimate travel accessory. In Psalms 119, 105, you may be familiar with the verse. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 25, verses 9 and 10 says, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble His way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep His covenant and His testimonies. You see, Jesus knows His way around the block. He has a destination in mind that is out of this world, literally. Just as the thief has his party favors to offer, this guy does as well. Again, we take ourselves back to the book of Galatians in chapter 5 and read number 
verses number 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Woo, come on. Those are my kind of party favors. This is everything you need to fulfill your trip on this earth. When life starts to get rough, you know that your travel guide, Jesus, is bringing peace into the picture. When you don't see the big picture and you're starting to get anxious, patience comes in the mix. When someone has wronged you, we talked about that a minute ago, and something said something about you, made fun of you, talked bad about you, gentleness and self-control come on the scene. When to everyone else it seems as though life around you is falling apart. But Jesus is along beside you, guiding you, and brings joy. And not just joy, but joy unspeakable. Come on. That's my kind of travel guide. And he has the ultimate destination picked out just for you. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us that He has gone to prepare a place for us in this destination. In John chapter 14, verse number 2, it says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. See, this place he's talking about is what Isaiah 25 talked about, where it's a place where death is swallowed up. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 16 tells us, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore, The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. Praise God. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Other passages in Revelation describe streets of gold and a crystal sea. Now, I've been to some pretty great destinations, but none of them compare to this one. None of them can compare to the destination that is heaven. And it's offered to each of us through our travel guide, Jesus Christ. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. That is all he wants from you. He wants only what he can take. And his way leads to death. And the only thing you get in return is an eternity in torment, darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth in a real place called hell. Zero stars, I would not recommend. But the other half says, I came that they may have life. And I love that he didn't stop there. He doesn't say they may have life, but he says they will have life abundantly. 
Jesus comes to give us life. Does this mean we will have a perfect go at this temporary home? No. There will be bumps. There will be trials along the way, which we'll talk a little bit more about next week. Shameless plug. But there is an abundance that is found in Jesus. Many will try to tell you that there are multiple ways to get to heaven. I just, as I just described to you. But Matthew 7, verse 13, and this is reading from the New Living Translation, says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. You heard me mention a minute ago, the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But narrow is the gate that leads to life. And it's more than just being a good person. It's more than just being a good person. But Romans 3.10 tell us that none of us is righteous. Not one. But if you continue on through that passage in verse 23, it says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death, according to Scripture in Romans 6.23. Going about it the thief's way, that's what you get, is death. But the narrow gate is Jesus. And in John 10.9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Then the second part of Romans 6, 23, it says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And the only way this was accomplished was that Jesus came and he died upon a cross, bearing our sin and our shame, our sorrows, our hurts upon him, shedding his blood. And while we were yet sinners, according to Romans 5, 8, Christ died for us. That's my kind of travel guide. The thief's not gonna do that for you. He's not gonna lay his life down for you. Matter of fact, he wants to take yours. So what must, we, what must we do? Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11 tell us this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Then if you just skip one verse and jump to verse 13, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's how we get there, friends.
So I hope that we have done a good job this morning in explaining our two travel guides. I realize it's not the mountains and it's not the beach. But see, you're really going to want to know where you're going. Because this isn't just some one-week vacation. Isn't some just short little trip that you're going to take. But one of these two places is where you will spend eternity. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment this morning. This morning you've heard a very clear representation of the eternal destinations that await you. Now this morning, I don't know which travel guide you've been using. I don't know where you're at at this point in your life. But this morning, if you have been on that path to death and headed toward an eternal punishment, torment, forever, eternal means forever, been walking down that path but you've heard today that there is another way a better way that leads to leads to life and life abundantly if that is you this morning and today pardon the cliche or the pun but you want to switch travel guides If you're in this place and headed toward death and want to take that step toward life today, would you just lift your hand right now across this room? Amen. Is there anyone else this morning? Is there anyone else? From death to life. That's what this means. This is an eternal decision. One more time, I'm going to ask, is there anyone that says, I want to move from death to life this morning? 